So, Nadir, let's start with the uh, news of increasing crop yields and uh, the impact of that on inflation. Yes, I mean, this is really a good news story. Uh, we've seen inflation in South Africa moderating quite sharply at the latest print coming in at 6.2%. And a large, a large part of this is due to the fact that, uh, you know, we've seen food price inflation coming under, uh, under control. And that's because we've seen an 83% increase, um, in particularly in uh, maize, in the maize yield of Okay, tell you what, Nadir, uh, let's just uh, try and uh, get you on a better line there. Nadir, we're gonna, the line's not uh, playing ball, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to call you back and hopefully the line will be better. We'll take a spot break in the meantime. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from Nadir about uh, the impact on inflation. Of uh, Back to Nadir Token um, for the economics update. Nadir, hope the line's better now. Yeah, uh, can you hear me better? Much better. So um, I think it would be best if you just uh, started with that recap all over again. Yeah, no worries. So essentially what we've seen is that inflation in South Africa has been moderating quite nicely. You know, it's the latest print coming in um, at 6.3%. And although still outside the band, Satina, uh, moderating quite a lot from the levels of, you know, of 7% and marginally above 7%, which we saw in the early part of last year. So, you know, that's largely been due to the fact that food inflation has been moderating quite sharply. And uh, we've seen maize prices or maize crop yields rather up 86% year on year from the 2016 harvest season to the 2017 harvest season. Um, you know, so I think we're going to continue to see food inflation hopefully coming under some sustained pressure. Um, and, you know, if that, if that happens and, uh, you know, we see transport inflation coming under some pressure, we remain optimistic that the inflation could moderate to within the Reserve Bank's target band of 3 to 6%. Um, you know, and I think uh, the, the, the improving yield crop, not just in maize, but across the board, whether it be wheat, um, you know, any of the other staple crops, uh, we see them all up in excess of 50% year on year. So, you know, on the back of that, we hope that food inflation can continue to moderate, and that feeds through into the headline inflation number. Um, we see food inflation still fairly stubbornly high at around about 10%, um, but, you know, it is heading in the right direction. Remember, Sakina, that this number was well above 10 in fact, around about 12, 12.5%, and that's where it peaked. So it is starting to moderate, and we hope that we can see the impacts of this in inflation. But, of course, you know, if we're going to see a weaker RAND and, you know, political instability fuel a weaker RAND, um, you know, that's obviously going to offset some of the gains that we're getting in moderating inflation. And then, Nadir, uh, just also looking at the concerns around this current period of low volatility. You know, Sakina, it's, 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 it's almost like the age-old adage goes. You know, you've got to, when it's all quiet on the Western Front, you have to look out for the storm that's coming ahead. And, um, you know, equity markets are at historically very low volatility levels. Well, I mean, this is basically before, um, you know, the last week or so where the equity markets went a very historically very low volatility period. This was in the U.S. where we saw the VIX index. Um, you know, which basically measures the level of volatility, uh, you know, t- touching almost an, almost an eight-year low, um, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I think there's a lot of complacency built into the markets about, uh, you know, where, what's the outlook for, for growth, what's the outlook for earnings uh, growth, what's the outlook for profitability. And on the back of that, we saw, you know, equity markets worldwide surging higher pretty much ever since the uh, end of the U.S. elections. Um, you know, I think there's still quite a lot of political 
political risk on the on, on, on the forefront. You know, there's obviously um, Donald Trump's standoff with Congress and pushing policy through there. There's some major European elections which still need to come. And you, you just get the sense with the low level of volatility that, um, you know, a lot of that a, a lot of that risk is not being priced into markets. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of that culminate over the last week or so where we've seen the Dow, um, you know, suffering quite an expensive sell-off. In fact, it's the longest losing streak since 2011. Um, you know, and I think that that's how sensitive, in a low volatility environment, that's how sensitive markets are going to become uh, to things like political risk or to some sort of unsettling news which hits the market. You know, we're going to see the sell-off be- become quite sharp and will be a sharp reversal from, you know, strong upward trends. So, you know, I think uh, we're likely to see an increase in volatility over the coming months and over the coming years. And I think, uh, you know, we've been spoiled by global central banks pretty much over the last eight years or so who have, as a matter of policy, kept the markets flush with liquidity. And as a result, it's almost been a one-way track upwards. And I think, uh, you know, in a higher interest rate environment with a number of political risks coming through this year, we just feel that, uh, you know, volatility could be on the up and up. And, uh, you know, that could present quite a challenge for financial markets. And uh, just finally, Nadir, improved performance of European equities relative to U.S. equities. What's driving that? Yeah, Sakina, I mean, I think the the big part here is that, you know, we have to take a step back. And when you look at the fundamentals, so before even discussing the politics or the short-term trends, um, you know, European equities are in fact trading at a discount to U.S. equities. If we look at it 16 times forward multiple or 15 and a half times forward multiples um, for, or, or, uh, for, or trailing multiples rather for European equities and about 19 and a half times trailing earnings uh, multiples uh, for U.S. equities. So, you know, first of all, European equities trade on quite a quite a big discount relative to the U.S. counterparts. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the weak euro is, is likely to be a significant boost for the European equities. But uh, what we've seen happening over the last couple of days, Akina, pretty much over the last week or so, has been that political risk has shifted across the Atlantic from, um, you know, Europe to the U.S. You know, there's obviously uh, some concerns coming into the year about the stability of the eurozone and whether they're going to be kept together and whether, um, you know, there's some... Um, sort of growth that's taking that's gaining traction in the eurozone and with a victory of um or you know the loss of here builders the far right party um in 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 the in the netherlands uh, most recently you know i think there's renewed confidence that uh, quite possibly in the other major elections to come um you know the other european nations won't go far right and the eurozone potentially is fairly stable in terms of being held together um and we seeing that uh, improved economic data as well, you know, from um, the likes of German um, PMI data, German uh, business confidence data. So I think it's just about the the European economy on an improving trajectory and about political risk moving from um, Europe over into the U.S.